Hello, and welcome to Faking Lits, a book club podcast in which you sit down with some very good friends and we talk about a book that we have read. My name is Chinsi, and uh-huh, that's my shit. All the cool books on Faking Lits. <laughs> One take tea, they call me, because I refuse to ever try anything more than once. Welcome to the show. Who's joining me on today's Faking Lits? Oh, hello. It's me, uh, Haran X. Uh, I like to eat my naan bread with rolled dal. Okay. <laughs> well, what's rolled dal? It's like, it's like rolled oats, but with like lentils. Oh, all right. Dal, Fair yeah. enough. Sounds nice. Uh, hello, I'm Lenny London, uh, London's premier these days, beef eater. I've been promoted. Uh, it's good to be back. Wow, congratulations on your promotion, Lenny. Very, very oh, thanks very much. Big changes are afoot. Um, I like the fact that you seem to be displaying a certain curiosity about other food other than beef these days. Yeah, well, I just didn't know what Dal was. I've never had Indian food. Okay. I'm assuming like that's what it was, Harren. It's raw dal is yeah. meant to be Indian food. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Because um, they don't have beef in they, Indian food. That's very true. They yeah. don't, do they? Because the cow is a holy, a sacred animal. Uh, I mean, that's why the Indians are my proper full-on enemies. What? Because they <laughs> worship the cow. They're your enemies. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, I guess it makes I've aged sense, in the time since we I last recorded. I've aged backwards to colonial times. <laughs> When India was still under the control of the Queen. So you aged back <laughs> historically, not not like physically. Like when you say you age backwards, you take on the aspects of a previous age? <laughs> well, I, I have memories now of working in India okay. to protect the Queen's interests there. Okay. Whereas okay. before last time, I didn't have those memories because I've not yet aged backwards. Right, so right. So the future is now slightly different because I have aged backwards and changed it slightly. Are you doing some sort of like, do you, are you affected by some sort of like butterfly effects sort of thing where you keep going back in time and changing the events of like a, yeah. a timeline? One day I'll probably go back in time and kill your grandparents and they won't exist. I don't know why you'd want to do that they 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 eat beef they eat oh, beef we enough. love cows in the tea family not in a worshipping way we love to eat cows oh that's alright if we if if we anything we worship cows with our mouths that's what we do um but well, thank you <laughs> what better way is there to worship something than killing it and eating it exactly mm. that's what, what after all god is dead well d- no, well that's not the point that I was going to make but yeah yeah yeah, right. Yeah. Well, the Roman Catholics, like, um, eat the body of Christ. <laughs> what? I don't know why they find that funny. Uh, <laughs> indeed, they do. <laughs> they do. Sure why that's funny to you? Well, they worship it. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that's just how they worship. That's how they That worship. makes no sense why Indians don't eat meat in that, in that <laughs> project. You want to call them out on it? And I'm Josh Bellman and I'm calling out <laughs> Hindu, Hinduism for not eating meat. When Catholicism eats Jesus, why aren't you eating your gods? As, as it's a, a double standard. As a Jewish person, why do you not eat pork? Is, do you worship pigs? Or? He's got you there. I actually do eat pork. Oh, you do eat pork? Yeah. You're not a very good Jew then, are you? <laughs> oh, well, well, sorry, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Jewish man himself here, Haran X. What, what other X. Jewish things don't you do? Uh, I don't wear... Uh, garments with four corners. 
Why? Why? So when you graduate... Just you're meant to, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait one second. What type of garments do you wear? I wear garments, like just regular clothes. And I'll mix, mix different like threads. I don't mind about mixing nylon and cotton. I don't think I'm going to be put, sent to Gahonim for wearing... What? One sec, sorry. Your t-shirt's got four corners, though. How many is the, the top? Shoulders yeah. and then the bottom, those are all corners. Wait, yeah, wait, wait, no, but what about this, the sleeves? Is that another yeah. corner? Yeah, look at how square your sleeves are. So, are Jewish are. people meant to just wear tea towels? No, what basically what happens is there's a, a, a tea towel a has four corners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they're meant to wear stuff with four corners. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, oh, okay. so, basically, there's like a thing called Sitzer, and they've got a hole in, hole in the middle for your head, yeah. and you put it under your clothes, and it's got oh. four corners. But then it creates corners in the armpits by the act of folding. Yeah, well, it's about when it's laid out flat. I do oh, think. I see. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I eat those too. <laughs> so that means you can't wear a cardboard box because that's got more than four corners. Well, you're not meant to wear a cardboard box. <laughs> you're not I just, I, look, I'm trying to provide an <laughs> elegant solution for your people here. Like, yeah. Nothing's like sharper than a cardboard box, but only if you are two-dimensional. Um, that's a really so. good point uh, um, well Literally. look we will solve this conundrum I'm sure uh, in all what in good time what about trousers you're allowed to wear tra- trousers and more too many corners so, so is it, again it's just an oblong it's just a cloth <laughs> oblong too many corners just wear some sort of tabard well you're meant to just wear like a robe oh right okay like, there's, it's not that you're not allowed to wear things with more than four corners mm. But you have to wear something. One piece of clothing oh, that has four corners. One okay. item of clothing. Yeah. So it could be like literally, you could be wearing a pocket square, and that'd be fine. Yeah. Okay. How All many right. crun- Muller crunch corners can you eat? You can only eat. Well, it depends when when have you last eaten meat? Yeah, okay. that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point, Harrod. You, you, you are a vegetarian. Does it mean you yeah. worship vegetables? I do. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what, what vegetable specifically? Do have you, you ever worship? burned a vegetable and eaten it? Uh... No, I haven't. Why didn't you burn it? Because that's against my religion. So you only eat raw vegetables? Pardon? You only eat raw vegetables? Uh, yeah, that have given themselves up voluntarily to me to be eaten. So the vegetables give themselves up to you. How can you tell that a vegetable's given itself up to you? I mean, they're called sweet corn for a reason, because they're okay. like, oh, oh. So the vegetables. <laughs> the, so they, wait, wait. Sweet corn. Okay, two things. Two things. One, the, 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 the vegetables talk to you, and two, your idea of sweet is somebody who just submits themselves. Like, oh, I'm so sweet. Oh, he's oh. been watching too much of that hentai. Yeah, he yeah, has, now. hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like the sweet corn going up to oh, senpai noticed me and is now going to consume me. And, um, I, I. What is your religion again, Aaron? Oh, I'm, I'm atheist. Oh, what? Okay. All right. I just worship vegetables, but I'm atheist. What? <laughs> I think I that, that's down not on. This. That's not on chin. Why? What? We, we cut we, him out. We respect no, him out. Of all no, the you can still be. You can still be religious and not believe in God. Mm. I, so. uh, I mean, there's a much more popular podcast than this called The Waking Up Podcast with uh, Sam, with Sam Harris. Harris. Yes, and, yes, I'm uh, familiar. The, the whole tenet of that book is that you can still be spiritual without believing in a deity. Yeah. And you can still be open-minded and racist at the same time, exactly, apparently. Yeah. Uh, well, those are the best two things. It's such a great combination. Of what, ideas. open-mindedness and racism? Yeah. yeah. I'm open-minded to racism. That was in quotation marks, by the way. <laughs> yeah, don't want anybody listening to your accent and getting the wrong idea. Um, why, why would they get the wrong idea? 
Well, mate, because you sound like you have the voice of a typical racist. <laughs> that is the, the true yeah, racist. That is a true racist. That is, is that racist? racist? Is that what racism I racism against Eastland? I would say I would say it was classist, not racist. Yeah. I did I did not make a judgment call about the color of your skin, your ethnic makeup. I made a judgment call about the way you speak and the way you drop yeah, your H's. Um, yeah, because I'm a I'm a posh snob, um, and I think. I think you should thank me for agreeing to believe that you can read and inviting you onto the show, quite frankly. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, but it is good to have you on the show. Oh, um, thanks very much. I always say this, uh, whenever, it's always a pleasure to have Lenny London in, uh, on an episode of Faking Lip because he's so well turned out. I, oh, I'm very well I do out. love a man in uniform and you can't get a better uniform than the beef eater's uniform. Don't you have a similar rule about only wearing certain clothes with corners and stuff? Well, you gotta wear clothes with, ornate patterns on them mm. patterns so ornate that if you zoom in on my, them on a microscopic level there's even more patterns so it's like fractal tartan yeah, yeah my clothes are fractal based fractal tartan yeah no no it's like it's kind of almost headache inducing yeah. being this close to you and if you zoom in even further mm. you go down into a, a, a subatomic level and then you zoom out and then there's a whole city in there so, so you zoom in, in and, you zoom and zoom out. Okay. Then why would you no, zoom in? No, it's like you keep on zooming in, but as you zoom in, it's like you're zooming out. Because <laughs> it's. I see. It's, the te- it's about the temporal inversion. Yeah. So the the zoom on my clothes is like two pyramids attached at your end. Okay. So you go zoom and you get smaller and smaller, but then it gets bigger as you keep on zooming. It's like a. It's, like, it's an optical illusion. Is this what you no, do during real. sexual intercourse? <laughs> like I'm going, I'm pulling out, but you actually. Oh, I've never had sexual intercourse. Oh, you know, sexual... oh, okay. Really? You're a virgin? Yeah, it's one of the ways I get my powers. Hmm. Yeah, you get wizard powers. So you yeah. eat beef and you abstain from sex. Hmm. Yeah. This is an interesting life. It's fine for me. I make sexual anyway, so it's, it's no biggie. Oh, okay. All right. You don't... You, so you, 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 you never felt the need to... No, well, all beef eaters are asexual. In the beef eater exams... You're showing a picture of Cindy Lauper. <laughs> wait, that's, that's the exam. It's just a picture of Cindy Lauper. Okay. And if you don't immediately start wagging, <laughs> then you become a beef eater. Like Unless mate. you're a gay or a woman, in which case you're so... So, you, yeah, so, so essentially, you're showing a picture of Cindy Lauper. And if you don't immediately start wagging, you get to protect the queen. Yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> you miss that if you're a woman or gay. <laughs> you get shown a picture of Philip Schofield. <laughs> and if you can resist touching yourself, you I get thought, a job. That's going to be I, one well, of I'm the not, easiest... I'm not sure, I'm not sure about Well, you've whole... not seen the picture! <laughs> That's true. I'm not sure about the whole gays um, being let into the beef eaters, but I wasn't aware women could become beef eaters as well. They can't just, the test is too hard. <laughs> no one's ever passed. No woman has ever passed the Philip Schofield test. No one, no one ever. Oh God. Not even the gays. No, especially not the gays. They just couldn't resist. Pretty much every gay man in London has tried to be a beef eater and they've all failed. Well, if you are gay or indeed a woman, <laughs> Write to us at Faking Up Podcast and confirm whether you have tried to be a beef eater and you just couldn't meet those high, high demands that they uh, put upon you in the exam. Um, I think 
This is good. This is great. I think we're off to a good start. Um, let's get on to the book. Well, uh, Josh hasn't introduced himself yet. He has. He did. He he called out India. Remember? Oh yeah, <laughs> he did. Maybe That's I didn't a, say coming in with a bang, coming in really strong for bang. Maybe um, I didn't say my name though. Josh Bellman. That's it. Yeah, yeah okay. Josh Bellman is here. Lenny London's here. Harren X is here, and Shinzi, myself, I'm here to discuss this week's book. Uh, and this week's book is Fahrenheit Four Five One by Ray Bradbury. This is a classic book. Now, this is a classic book. Um, it's a classic sci-fi dystopian thing. Josh is clapping. <laughs> just, oh, he's just, just, just mm. can't get enough of it. <laughs> Put that picture of Philip Schofield away. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, as I said, this is a classic sci-fi tale of a dystopian future in which books have been banned. Anybody caught with a book uh, is arrested. The books are confiscated and they are burnt by firemen. Um, and firemen is what they call the book burners in this universe. And the title, Fahrenheit 451, is taken from the fact that that is the temperature at which books burn. Now, I have to ask this every time we do a dystopian uh, book on this uh, on this show. Uh, how prescient and how much of uh, what Bradbury predicted... Or well, not predicted, but imagined, has come to pass in today's modern day world, the 21st century, with your internets and your Netflixes. I think it's a surprising amount. I mean, he's predicted burning in the sense, in the sense of deletion, mm. elimination from the culture, right? Right. So little could we have known that we would be like training our children to be so good at computers. Now, if you watch a child on a computer, mm. they just type in books, and then they just delete. They just press delete <laughs> on the internet. And it's and they're and it's virtually gone. burning the books. It's gone. So I saw my, my son the other day. You have he's, a... Wait, you have a son. He's, he's four years old. Wow. What's his name? Terence. Terence Bellman. Okay. Terence Bellman. And he, but he's got a double barrel name, doesn't he? Terence Bellman Holmes. <laughs> and he... Uh, he's married to Katie Holmes. Okay. Yeah. Lenny, why do you know so much <laughs> yeah, about yeah, Josh's yeah. life? Oh, I'll we, keep up with going up. We went out for dinner the other day. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. What did what you did order? You yeah. <laughs> I, was gonna, I, was gonna say I ordered that. the beef. Yeah. Oh, well, we shared, actually. You shared yeah. a beef? Yeah. Oh, I've been watching a lot of Jordan Peterson videos, so I'm trying to get in with Lenny here. So... Anyway, so t- anyway, Terence, when you watch him, he's four years old. He can barely talk and walk. He's just got an iPad in front of him all the time. Mm. You give your kid an iPad? Yeah, I bought him a, a, a one grand iPad Pro because he's a bit, he's quite good at it. Okay, but okay. He, he, so he just goes on Google and he just used to see him delete. It's incredible the way that he just knows how. Why does he do that? Because it's the it's just the culture. It's what the kids are into, and he watches unboxing videos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he watch um, ASMR videos as he well? He watches ASMR unboxing videos <laughs> being deleted. I like um, watching um, uh, ASMRA uh, unboxing videos. Uh, oh. I think I've got a clip of one of those, actually. Like, um... Feminism. It's really, really men's subject. It's a purpose these days, don't you think? Paris! What, Mum? What? 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 Where's my broccoli? What? 
Well, that's a good clip there. <laughs> um, that's what you listen to. That's what I listen to all the time. All the time. Thing, yeah. It is pretty soothing, yeah. right? Because you feel the, the, the hairs on the back of your nape uh, rise up. That's what I do it for, anyway, <laughs> is to get the, the nape hairs up and going. Mm. Live for that. Live for that feeling. Um, what, sorry, what were you saying again? <laughs> so the kids nowadays are... are under uh, uh, aren't prioritizing uh, books and literature as they used to. You know, when we were kids, we'd used to go down to the library and they used to re- all the new books were released and we'd see them in the golden case and we'd be like, wow, maybe one day. Nowadays, kids are literally like, yeah. Okay. Not. They're not. They, they 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 they're not into books. Is the, basically the long way of saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're actively anti-books. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, they're like uh, Parappa the Rapper. That's what they like these days. Kids. Exactly. Parappa. I keep hearing a lot about this um, Parappa the Rapper these days. What is he? A, a, a rapper of some sort? He's a rapper. Yeah. Okay. All right. He's um, the opposite of people who do unboxing videos. He kind of raps stuff. <laughs> Wait. Do we have a clip of that as well? <laughs> No. no. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, the internet's right there. But apparently, that happened. No, it's on the gated internet. You have to. Uh, you have to pay sixteen pounds. Gated no- internet. Okay. Pay sixteen pounds ninety nine. Not the dark web. The gated internet. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Pay sixteen. You can watch Prapper the Bapper. Prapper the Bapper. <laughs> yeah. Prapper the Rapper. Is he the Chinese? All the Prappers. Okay. There's Prapper the Rapper. Prapper the Bapper. Is he some? Kind of bapper? Yeah. What is that? He puts things in bats. <laughs> okay, all right. So the opposite of, uh, of uh, a kebab unwrapping video. Yeah. Okay. You see all the prapper, the clapper, parappa, the slapper, parappa, the... That's when parappa goes out and just has sex with anyone who will touch them. Yeah, he's the opposite of parappa, the fapper. <laughs> Well, okay, we. I don't know what this, how this connects to like the burning of books or indeed this. This. Well, book. the kids are deleting the books. And yeah. yeah, okay. But you said this is predictive. He wrote this book in 1953. I did yeah. say it's predictive. No, yeah, you said because it predicts the future. It's not like uh, basically that's like me going after World War Two. Oh yeah, there's going there's going to be this like massive war between Germany and the Allies. Like after yeah after after, after, it, after it occurred yeah. Okay. And go, oh, look at me, I'm predicting the history kind of thing. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really even... That, I mean, that's, that's, okay, okay. that's, that's really like... clever. You're smart. <laughs> I will yeah, walk I mean, back like my previous statement. Yeah. Okay, I walk back my previous statement. I, yeah. I, I didn't mean to say he predicted it, because, yeah, yeah, that's a silly thing to say. He yeah. didn't write this book saying, I am predicting yeah. the future. Um, it is... I was asking more like, what he imagined, how prescient did it end up being? Because I don't, because like you're right, yeah. he's, science fiction is never really about so much about predicting the future yeah. as much as it is talking about things that are happening right now yeah. through the prism of science fiction. Sure. Um, well, no, because uh, I mean, what Josh is talking about is literature is still there, it's just being consumed in other media, and that's just technological progress. Mm-hmm. I don't honestly. I mean, your kid has an iPad, presumably he's still getting stories from that. Yeah, what is he... Well, all he seems to do is delete things and watch crap with the rapper. <laughs> he deletes stuff on the app store as well. <laughs> really? He's yeah. been made an Apple admin. He deleted Tinder. <laughs> Everyone got very upset. <laughs> is your... Is your... Uh, is your... Your four-year-old some sort of super hacker? Mm. We'll look into this. We'll look into this. I can neither confirm nor deny that. 
Well, he's your kid. I think I don't know why he does. The... He has actually like removed one of his eyeballs for for a, uh, an LCD screen. An outer screen, not a cyber eye. Little screen. What's the preview show on his screen? So he doesn't see out of it. It's like displaying, displaying, displaying angry birds out of his right eye now. Okay. It's high resolution. 1080p. Oh, it's quite for, especially for a little eye. Very so high. I, 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 so could you, you could <laughs> technically watch, uh, Not Ava- full you could watch Avatar on his right eye now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'll invite him around. He's good. Does he still have eyelids? Can he still blink? Yeah, he can blink. <laughs> Would that be the uh, ultimate irony? Is if like, um, oh, removed- <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> if you removed his other eye and you could get another screen and watch 3D movies <laughs> on his face. That would well. That's the dream we're all hoping for. Because <laughs> like, oh, brave new world! If he struggles to make icons out, it'd be quite good with your kid. Yeah, well, I never get bored talking to him. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> he, he he shows. Uh, he's always got frozen on though. Where, where, where's the speakers? Come on. <laughs> So he's replaced his voice box with just a speaker. So no, he, he stands he, in front of you with his mouth open. <laughs> I just never blinks. Okay. No, he does blink. Okay. He so does blink. So ruined the movie. Is, like, yeah. Every now and again, like you miss a good bit of a film, <laughs> but like, but he hasn't removed his voice box. An idiot. Yeah. He's obviously just added in a speaker into his. Oh right. Okay. Is 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 it? Does he find uh, it hard to sort of be uh, suggest uh, suggestive now that he can't really wink without either a ruining? Is it four year old? Four years old. <laughs> He's a four years old when it comes to his screen in his eye. I think he gets like what, like well, he knows how to was, do. Was that. putting the screen in his eye his choice, or did you pressure him yeah. towards? No, this? he really wanted it. All the kids at school were doing it. Oh, Is that the, the new thing now? Yeah. So they just stand around face to face watching each, watch other's each other's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I mean, uh, they should ban that. I'm sorry, I, I'm not usually down for things like banning things outright. Um, I'm pretty permissive, but I think this should be banned. I don't think they should allow this to take place in school, or at least at the very, at the very least, the teachers should make them take their screen eyes out before they go into class so it doesn't distract anybody. But they all face forward. Yeah, so the teacher gets to watch. Like, <laughs> I'm talking like, about it will distract the teacher. That's what I'm, I care oh, about. Yeah, okay. It will distract the teacher. Um, I don't like that. Um, I'd much rather that the um, the teacher stares into the ocular cavities of all these kids that they're teaching. Uh, it's much more comfortable. I've got a photo of them that I'll show you. There you go. Oh, what a cutie. Is that... Is that... Hold on a second. What is that movie that's displaying on his eye? It's uh, Inglorious Bastards. Oh, okay. Uh, the remake where they spell it correctly. <laughs> yeah. Did they spell it correctly in the uh, remake? Yeah, in the remake it's spelled correctly. Okay, all right. They're in a remake next year. See, this is why I think that, like, um, you know, people with your accent might have mm, problems with um writing and reading because that's clearly not the way you spell bastards. Uh, they did a remake. Spell it correctly. The remake of the remake. Yeah. Okay, all right, fair enough, because the... I didn't know there was an original. There was an original, yes, there was, oh, yeah. Right, okay, well, okay, okay. When was that made? That was made in the 70s, Lenny. Oh, well, I was busy during the 70s. Well, how old were you back then? Well, uh, I was... How old? Well, it depends at what point. I don't know why this is such a difficult question, Lenny. <laughs> it is a very difficult question. 
because I was born in 1990 and I've aged... No, I was, no, I was born in 1980 and I've aged 20, 38 years there and then backwards. So at one point I was just 10 in the 70s, mm. but now I'm somewhat older than that. Okay, that <laughs> it's took forever to say nothing. <laughs> now I'm 28 years old okay, in the 70s, right. but next year I'll be 29 I, years old. Fr- in the frankly, 70s. I regret bringing the whole topic up in the first place, but like, let's move past that and let's get back to the book. Um, we, we are all agreed, we seem to be all agreeing that this is a prescient book. I'm not agreeing, it's fucking bullshit. Okay, <laughs> all right, Lenny, coming in strong. With no one take. burns any books these days. Don't they? In fact, they're... People I know that under the government have been going around spreading flame retardant plastics on. Oh, books. you can't say that word these days. Flame. No, no, the other one. Oh, right, okay. Can't say plastics. That. Would you? Would you eat a steak if it were flame grilled? Yeah, of course. Right. I'm allowed to eat the energy. I don't eat raw beef. Okay. Would I'm you not Ger- Jerry? Jerry Adams uh, Islington. Oh, okay. <laughs> one of the other beef eaters. <laughs> Okay, that's what you're referencing now. Wondering why I didn't know who that was. Okay, uh, so you don't. Okay, you don't think it's pressure. no. Books are being burnt even less. The average amount of books burnt per capita is lower than it's ever been. Right, that's true. Yeah. That's, uh, okay, fair enough. But do you, do you think then that back in the old days, that's how you used to censor stuff? That's how they censored things. Yeah, back it's in true. Days. They just like burn stuff. Like you don't like this cut of the movie, burn the movie. Uh, you don't like this book for what it says, burn the book. You don't uh, like this woman, what she's saying. Yeah, burn her as a witch. Yeah. Um, didn't like my dinner, burn that dinner. Everything gets cast. Well, you didn't like your dinner because, because it was burned. burned. Yeah. Oh, right. And then you so burn you, it again. So you yeah. re-burn it. Yeah, you re-burn it. Um, but that's like duck, triple cook trips. Triple cook trips? <laughs> triple cook chips. Ah, okay. I'll How would you, you know about triple cook chips? Because I often serve them with my beef and I throw them in the waiter's face. Oh, and back in the old days, you would have burned them. You would have burned them. I would have them. burned them, yeah. Um, but, okay, look, this is what I'm talking about. I'd say that's that's not how we do things these days. We censor things not with fire. We censor them with the delete button. The that's backspace true. key. We, we we backspace stuff. We just like just like Josh's kids, right? Mm. Well, kid. It's, it's uncomfortable, but it's the way that the cookie has cookie crumbled. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, we just... We are much more subtle in the ways that we censor ideas and discourse these days. True, there is Shut a, up! <laughs> see? There is a, a degree of uh, a division of beef eaters mm-hmm. called the e-beef eaters who go around deleting any negative comments of the Queen. Deleting co- negative comments yeah. of the Queen? On anyone who comments on MySpace or Friendster or mm. uh, Indiegogo. The negative... If you make an Indiegogo campaign... <laughs> which bad mouths the Queen yeah okay like, oh, I, need Wait, I, need to, I need to secure funding to tell the Queen she's an idiot yeah okay alright get the big EB for his we'll delete it oh whoa okay that seems like a really bad way to spend your money personally uh, what on the Indiegogo campaign yeah as a start up to tell the Queen she's a bit dim it's not like... well they did that uh, Indiegogo campaign to make a giant Donald Trump balloon that's true. There were some anti royalists who were going to make an even bigger Prince Charles balloon. Oh, whoa. Fly over Buckinghamshire. <laughs> Not Buckingham Palace. <laughs> no Buckinghamshire. Okay, all right. Okay. They weren't very clever. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, okay. But it was going to be fucking huge. Oh, you went a bit northern. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Bloody. That's how I've been spending time was. in uh, Manchester. In That's there. fine. Don't need to get into it right now. Wait, when did you spend time in Manchester? No, we don't need to get into it. It's not in zone one. Yeah, well, I had a Mr. Cunman in the 60s. I learned to astrally project myself. <laughs> right. I, I just want to say, uh, Lenny, before you go down this uh, this road, bear in mind that we already have enough from remembering like all the tendency of your story. So before you go any further, tell us your life story. Um, just think to yourself, like, is this going to be more work for yourself <laughs> later on? Just, just I mean, like, we can just talk about the book. I was actually going to ask you one question just to move the topic on. Um... Uh, this world is uh, populated by firemen who are the book burners. They're obviously some sort of like a, a governmental force uh, that have been employed to book, burn books. Um, do you get a sense of them being some sort of like a, a major uh, militaristic kind of organization, like the Beef Eaters, for example, uh, Lenny? Did you find yourself looking at the hierarchies and saying, like, hey, that's just like me and, and the Beef Eaters? A little bit. I mean, the Beef Eaters don't burn much. Mm-hmm. All up there, these guys. It felt like in this future they'd just taken the existing existing group of firemen and just redefined them. Right. So you don't think that they, that actual firemen, as we know them, exist in this? No, country? they clearly don't. They've the repurposed all the firemen. There's right. no firemen poles. Instead, they just repurposed all the fire stations. So the existing, they just basically, yeah, to repurpose the existing infrastructure for firemen. Yeah. So, so anyone who was a farmer, sorry, Josh, anyone who was a farmer was just told, now you do the opposite of what you did before. Uh, it's like Josh is an architect. Hmm. If one day his boss said, oh, sorry, now you smash buildings. So <laughs> who would you call in this world if something was on fire? That well, nothing's on fire. It's all covered in plastic. Uh. Pla- uh, plastic doesn't burn. You would call, um, <laughs> you'd call Keith Flint from the Prodigy. But he's the fire starter. He's the fire putter-outer. So in this world... The extinguisher, I'm the fire putter-outer. Twisted fire putter-outer. The well-balanced fire putter-outer. Everything's the opposite. Yeah, And the video's very tame. It's just him in a suit doing paperwork. Him in a suit doing paperwork in a shopping centre. With a sensible haircut. And his other song is I Treat My Woman... Uh, with respect, and and don't hit, don't hit her. That's like he's got that other song as well. Yeah, their album is Fit of the Sky. <laughs> and what's what's and he's part of that band called the Really Dumb Kid. Dumb Kid, Dumb Kid, yeah, good band. Well, they're not because that's like they're the opposite of what they used to be. So they're actually like, oh, are they? Are they a good band? Why are you writing? Well, they're a bad you, band. Yeah, exactly. Over time. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe. As time went forward and back. Yeah, they got, be- they got better. <laughs> now, well. I'm curious, I, I did actually put this book to the test, and I actually, when I first got it, I thought I was looking at it, and you know how many of my uh, advice, many of the notes that I've given in the past to, for, for these kind of books that we've studied in such great depth has been that I want, wish that there were recipes in them. Mm-mm-mm. There haven't been recipes. So when I looked at this... Put Fahrenheit 451, okay. I'm going to turn my oven to 451 Fahrenheit. How much is that in centigrade? 232 centigrade. Wow, you've got a powerful oven. Well, I spent £8,000 on my oven. Wow. It also connects to Bluetooth. Okay, does it connect to your child's head as well? Yeah. Okay. So if I, like, go smack my child on the side of the head, it'll tell me what temperature the oven's at. Fair enough, fair it's really, enough. It's useful, though, because when we're on holiday, we were in the Bahamas the other week, and I was like, oh, did I leave the oven on? So I jumped in the pool, dragged, dragged Terence up, 
I said, Oven, what's going on? And he goes, Nom. That was a relief. <laughs> I wonder he didn't he didn't open his mouth and like the, the soundtrack from Frozen started. Well, well, like his eye, it came up on his eye. It said oven temp zero degs. It was actually freezing. Someone had left an ice cube in there. Um, a very very big ice cube. Anyways, um, so yes, I put the book in the oven. It didn't nothing happened? It just got hot. It didn't actually burn, which is. Your oven goes very hot. 200, that's quite hot for an oven. 232 degrees. Yeah, normally it's cap out about 200. Yeah, my cap's out about 180. I eat solely oven pizzas and they cook at 220 degrees. Yeah, but that's 11 degrees higher. Like this temperature. Normally an oven wouldn't go that high, I don't think. I think you're just wrong. Oh, my, my oven God. is, I spent £8,000 on my oven. <laughs> And for that £8,000, I got those extra 12 degrees. He, he, installed, he installed the microchip in his kid's head, for, for God's sake, to get no, the oven I, to work. It, no, but he allowed him to... I allowed him to connect to it. He said, Dad, can I connect to the oven? And I was like, go on then, son. It's like a smart fridge, but worse. Yeah, a smart It just tells fridge. you what's currently in your oven. Mm. It's also got a camera inside the oven. Look out your potatoes. And you can see it on your kid's face yeah. on the screen eye. Um, so your book didn't burn at the temperature, the suggested temperature on the title. Uh, yeah, don't you use a Kindle? So, so I left it in there for a couple of days and it just was hot. So I took it out and I'm like, what's going on there? And then I realised actually inside, there's all, this, there's all these words inside. And that's how, how I actually got into it. And I found it was much better actually. I think... I can't imagine a, a, having tasted as good as it read. I mean, like, you took the title as a sort of, like, serving suggestion. At no point are there any instructions that says, put but book in oven. Oh, so you think I was just meant to put the oven on to 451? No, I think you were meant to read the book. That's my first, like... I'm, Did like, you preheat the oven, though? Uh, well, that's probably why I didn't burn you meant to preheat an oven. So maybe I tempered the book... As yeah. the temperature rose, the book became stronger. I'm surprised that you were able to even sort of read the book after um, it had been tempered so you much. You have to use oven gloves, though. Hmm? Oh, well. well I, I, I was, I, my first thought was that you actually put a, a, an electronic book inside the oven um, before. That's probably why it didn't burn, because it's just... On a flash drive? It's Well, yeah, it's just bits and data, isn't it? Like, um, but apparently you actually did put a physical book in the oven and did not burn. So a paper book. It was a paper book. Kids can't delete paper books, can they? Well, they can. The book goes into some ways explaining how you delete paper books with fire. Um, so yes, but I'm just I disproved the whole book. Right. Okay. Okay. Because it doesn't. Does anybody else agree with uh, Josh's point about the militaristic nature of the firemen in this world? Um, yeah, a little bit. Okay. I know I wasn't really listening. <laughs> okay, I think it's quite enough. difficult to. I think they were a military agency to a degree. Ah. Okay. Clearly, I mean, there must be some. They must be able to be repurposed yet again as a some sort of sense of Vietnam War. They'd be pretty good there. Mm, okay, I, I want to turn to the actual characters in this book. I um, I I do find myself thinking like uh, Montag, the fireman, who is the uh, protagonist of this book, doesn't strike me as the most likable character. Uh, he's kind of stuck in a very dreary existence. He doesn't love his wife anymore. Um, it's kind of passive about a lot of things and when he actually uh, 
discovers a passion for um, books and reading and culture, it awakens something within himself. But do you find he becomes a better person by the end of this book or not? Uh, yes, because he because he reads books, and that's well, I mean, that's what you need to become a better. I mean, person. you know, that's what I've always maintained. But yeah. uh, I, so it doesn't matter what book you've read. Like if somebody's read no books and somebody's just only read Mein Kampf, um, that person is better. Okay, because they've right. read a book. Doesn't well, just because you've read Mein Kampf yeah, doesn't mean you necessarily believe. You might have read it and yeah. thought it was shit. Yeah, and therefore you're a good person. Yeah, but even if you did believe it. And you would still be a better person by virtue of still be a better person because you've read books, a book. Because you read more books, somebody hasn't read a book. Yeah, I mean, I find it very hard to dispute that point. Um, and I, you find it very hard. I find it very hard to <laughs> it's dispute It's a difficult that point. point to dispute. It is, it is. Because, you know, you know how I feel about books. I love books. Even reading Without books. you and an R. Yes, U-R-V-E. I, I, I do, I love books. Um, this is... This is a painful book for me to read. The actual descriptions of um, the books themselves burning. Um, back in Ray Bradbury's time, um, we didn't have e-books. We didn't have things like the internet. We didn't know how to preserve books. That was it. Boom, gone. You burn a book, it's gone forever. Now the pain is slightly lessened by the idea that like, oh, you might burn the physical book, but it's still up on the web. Yeah, but have you not heard of Johannes Gutenberg and the printing press? Even if you burn a paper book, you've still got like the ink. You've still got hard copies on there, surely, haven't you? I mean, kind of... Unless you destroy the printing press and yeah. you mess Presumably up in this world, they've destroyed the printing press as well. Oh, okay. Otherwise, a very bad military strategy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, can you burn the printing press? With... So no. It, yeah. Well, it depends on printing I, I think it's heavily suggested that nobody actually prints books anymore in this no. world. Oh, it's okay. all, everybody gets their information from the TV yeah. and the radio. I mean, and this, this leads me to the next question. Like, Ray Bradbury definitely... Uh, asserts the primacy of literature over all other art forms. Definitely, he does. He just does. He says, like, "I'm sorry." He does. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's, it's it's very hard to dispute that fact. Do you agree with this, though? Do you think that, like, okay, he's writing this from the perspective of nineteen from nineteen fifty three, um, and we all agree that TV was a bit more rubbish back then. Um, it was. It's all black and white. They didn't even have. Sex Island. They don't have Sex Island. They, they don't have Fuck Peninsula. They don't have uh, Shaggy Gla- Shaggy Archipel- Archipelago, um, which is not actually about Bone sex. Bone Continent, that's my favourite. <laughs> well, Shaggy Archipelago is actually a, uh, a vehicle for Shaggy, the rapper. Like uh, They just put him on a and series of, of things islands. that weren't him. <laughs> they just put a whole load of objects in front of him and said, was that you? And he goes, no. <laughs> no, he only said it wasn't him in the past. doesn't even say his catchphrase. He just says, no. <laughs> he might he leaves it open that it might be him in the future well it saves time doesn't it it's true but like, or in the present we're, we're all agreed TV back in the 50s was rubbish it was absolute crap and radio dick balls yes absolutely that was my favourite show back in the 50s <laughs> favourite like game show host yeah let's put a clip on hello I'm dick balls welcome to dick balls comes on you here's my first guest Jonathan Gutierrez. Uh, hello, it's good to be here, Dickie. <laughs> uh, do you have any food? I've got eggs. Oh, I love eggs. Give me some of those eggs. points. I'm such a good eggy boy. <laughs> Feminism's alike. <laughs> I'm an oh. Mom, I'm doing it. I'm doing it, Mom. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, this 
include dick balls. See, TV was rubbish back then. Absolute pants. What was that? I don't even know what that was. He didn't even have time to introduce a second guest. I like how he. Is. What I liked about that is that although you never knew if the second person was actually going to come on or not. I don't even know what the show was about. Is it like an egg-eating show? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, I came away from that show still not knowing who Dick Balls or the other guy was, whose name I can't even remember. Okay, okay. I don't even know who they were. I don't know what the point of that show was. So the point still stands. TV in the 50s was rubbish. Radio, not that much better. I mean, I know I shouldn't slag off radio, which is kind of like the grandfather to our medium, really. Um, we are an audio format, but come on, guys. Let's face it. Podcasts are rubbish. They're they rubbish. Are. It's just a bunch of guys just talking absolute nonsense in your head for a while. And if it weren't free, who gives a shit, ultimately? You know? So, yes, books are better than everything. Um, what about films? What is a film other than extra long TV? Well, I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> the devil's in the detail. Okay, okay, all right, all right. It's just super TV. That's all it is. Great films in the fifties. It's like, like some... the Dick Balls story. <laughs> they made a movie from that guy based on what? What that that five second clip? And it's a no, no, that, that guy was one of the episodes. Okay, all right. There's a lot of different stuff. Dick Balls. So somebody in Hollywood watched this show, which is, I assume was all like that, and said, "Hmm, you know what? Let's take this to an hour at least." <laughs> no, it's the story of Dick Balls's life. Oh God, okay. He emigrated right. from Kazakhstan. Jesus Christ. What is... Who is Dick Balls? Huh. That was the, the subtitles. <laughs> I mean, what's, what's it called? The subtext? I don't know. The, yeah, the, yeah, subtitle, whatever. Yeah, the tagline. The tagline. tagline. tagline yeah. Yeah. Who is Dick Balls? The Dick Balls story. Who, who is, is Dick, Dick Balls? Balls? Okay, all right. Then the cover was just a question mark. You know, for a guy who apparently had a TV show <laughs> and a movie, why are you still asking that question? <laughs> like... Why are you very mysterious? Okay, okay. He was the Banksy of his day. Fair enough, fair enough. I don't think we have a clip for that. I think that film was, has been lost to time. No, it has been lost. <laughs> Probably there are only 10 seconds remaining. <laughs> I don't think we need to go for <laughs> No, that. we don't. No, we don't have to go for that. So we assert that books are better than all these other memes, but what makes books so good? Why do you think books... I don't know why I'm asking this question. I think, like, I know why books are so good. I want to hear from you, though. Why do you think books trump... TV and radio and all other mediums every time. Uh, I think it's because you have to invest effort into reading a book, like or as like a film. You know, it's not um, you just passively consume it, right? No, it's but true. But you have to kind of invest effort. What well, sort of effort? Pun. Like well, cognitive effort. Kind of really. You've got to have cognitive effort. You can't just watch a film and go, oh, you've got to think about the film. <laughs> you don't, you just sit there in a dark room. Yeah, that's what you do with a book, you just sit there and go like this. Go, go like what? Sorry, this is an audio film. Move format. your hands. Yeah, move your hands, okay. Some sort of minority <laughs> report. Like, I, actually, I actually was in a coma and I watched the Dick Balls film, <laughs> Who is Dick Balls? I had no like mental activity. They put me in an MRI scanner. I had no vegetative. Like, it was just... Nothing. Did you say that you watched yeah. it then? Yeah, I did watch it. Yeah, what do you remember but about I, it? Uh, what was your favourite bit of the Dick Ball story? <laughs> it was just like, like Johannes Gutierrez or something. He just came in. Just Wait, egg, he egg. brought back that guy who ate the eggs in the movie. <laughs> that he played such a big part in Dick Ball's life that he was in the movie of his life. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's fair. You can't blame him for that. Exactly. Yeah. That guy ate eggs like no other. <laughs> I don't know what you blame him for, but like... 
Um, but yeah, they okay. got the real Jonathan Gutierrez in there as well, the actual one. He played himself. Played, Dick- no, he played Dick Balls. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Gutierrez was played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, <laughs> a young Philip Seymour Hoffman. This film sounds amazing. I kind of want to watch it now. Um, I, I okay, but you say that. Okay, you say books. So are I, mean, I was clinically written. brain dead, yeah. and I watched the film. Whereas the book, you have to, you have to have some. Has anything changed sense, since you know? got out of that car? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so like, I think was books you have to invest effort in, and therefore they're better. Uh, but by that justification, I could say that video games are also the pro- because video games require you to. Have- engage with it it's an active medium right you can't just enjoy it passively yeah so therefore well how much effort like you can complete the whole of Well, you've got to do this with your hands yeah but you you've got to complete it final fantasy takes about 14 hours to complete that really that's quite short well marcel proust's um book uh yeah three years to read that it took you three years to read that book what an idiot what a doi doi oh my god I was in a coma at the time, so it was quite difficult. <laughs> you read the book in the coma as well? Yeah. How were you able to do that? Um, so that, your whole point is that you can't read the book in a coma. <laughs> yeah, you, you <laughs> have more. No, I tried, I tried. I tried my best, but I just couldn't finish that. Is that why it took you three years? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You were in a coma for three years? Yeah. Well, what changed when you came out? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, has, has film changed? Is it like... Well, what, what, have you only just woken up <laughs> yeah. today? All oh, right. So you've been on a podcast <laughs> in this coma as well. No, but like, you could make the most out of life, mate. You've spent three years in a fucking coma. I'm not going to sit there like know, watching Bojack Horseman or something. I'm going to... I think it's really... Apparently, it's... it's. I, I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing that I wasn't able to tell that Aaron's been in the coma. Well, it's like time for the show. be muted. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But you know what? That's why podcasts are a uh, lower art form because apparently not only can you consume a podcast in a coma, you can actually do a podcast whilst in a coma as well. So more for you, the person who's listening to this show, apparently. I hope you're not in a coma, though. Well, that's why um, Sam Harris's podcast is called The Waking Up Podcast. (laughs) So his target market are people in comas. All people who are just asleep. (laughs) I have the Waking Up podcast as my, you know, you can set your alarm to be a song. Is that the Waking Up podcast? It's the Waking Up podcast. Although I don't sleep, so it's not necessary. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, we, I think we're coming to the end of our conversation. <laughs> Fahrenheit 451. Um, I guess, like, one of the things that I want to bring up is the way that, uh, even the, the most prescient part of, uh, Ray Bradbury's book is the fact that it kind of predicted the way it would be received. Uh, it talks about how human beings will innately... I mean, there's a whole argument, a discussion to be said about uh, what it says about when you don't like ideas that are difficult to engage with or things that you find offensive, we censor it, we burn it. Um, there's a bit in, in Fahrenheit 451 where Montag, in order to, uh, to coerce a member of the resistance to cooperate with him, he starts tearing pages out of a Bible. Um, and various people banned Fahrenheit 451 because of uh, this scene. And there's been even editions of, of the book that have been released where they censor the words such as hell, damn, and abortion. Now, it seems to me that Ray Bradbury was kind of like on the money. He says that like, yeah, look at human beings. Like they, they, they're such, such a bunch of snowflakes. They get triggered so easily. They're probably going to ban this book as well. And then they did. Um, 
And do you think that like a uh, Ray Bradbury is kind of like making a decent point here about like um how people should just like accept like the book for what it is, which is just a just a prank, bro. It's just a prank, bro, about burning books and satire. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay, okay. I agree with all of that. You agree with all of it. You agree that people should just relax and learn to take a joke. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, often when I'm beating down hippies or people who are against the Queen. You're still beating up hippies? Well, hippies hate the Queen. Okay, I didn't even know they still existed. Yeah, there's a whole movement of hippies who are trying to kill the Queen. This doesn't seem very in keeping with the hippie leader? spirituality. Uh, the leader is uh, uh, Willie Nelson. Really, no. the, I don't the, think that's true. The you hesitated a long time before mentioning. Well, that. I, I just classify. So, I <laughs> so, you, so fine. they're mostly underground now. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily um, something you're telling us that is. Okay. But anyway, whatever. My point is, is when I'm beating them up, destroying their belongings and uh, zapping their kids, I'm often like, it's just a prank. It's just a prank, and they believe it. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm just very interested for a more academic level. What does it mean to zap someone's kid? <laughs> you go, oh, you've got, I've got my magic staff, and I go, zap, and their kids go, whoa, <laughs> like, like uh, a Jawa in uh, Star Wars. So wait, are you killing kids? No, no, oh, okay. I'm just zapping them, and then they've been zapped, and they're no longer hippies. Are you, and we send them to eat them. <laughs> Wait, so you cast a spell on their kids? Yeah, and they that go, turns e- them. Eaton these days is just full of the former children of hippies. Right, okay. Well, yeah, no, that's very true. But wait, hold on a second. What sort of magical properties are your, is your staff imbued with? It cuts their hair. Mm-hmm. It means they've read uh, certain books that are very helpful. Okay. Can I try out that magic staff for a second? Well, you're not a child. Well, I could... No, you don't... No, no, don't use it on me. I heard that you had some Pak Choi earlier, so I think you're not... (laughs) You heard (laughs) I had some Pak Choi earlier. A little birdie told me. (laughs) Yeah, you Chinese person. (laughs) Stop eating all the Pak Choi. (laughs) You want magic powers? If you were to hold my staff, having eaten a non-beef food, you would be incinerated to the Jesus, I I would be the book in this situation. Yeah, you would be. Your body would increase to the temperature that bodies burn at. Okay, all right. So why don't you show me some of your magic powers? With your well, magic what do you want stuff? me to do? Okay, uh, I want you to turn Haran into a non-hippie. Haran's not a hippie. No, right? I have peace and love. Oh dear! <laughs> Ciao! Ah, <laughs> oh, capitalism. I fucking love. Wow, that really works. It really works. Mm. Now turn Haran into a uh, Christopher Walken impersonator. Death Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken impersonator. Oh, I'm in that fat boy thing video. Oh no, dear hunter. Oh no, I need to. Stop talking. Please, yeah. Please. Can you just take to erase the past five seconds <laughs> from happening, please? Alright. Oh, that's great. I don't feel awkward and horrible anymore. Oh, <laughs> I don't regret doing this podcast for a second. Hey, How do you know that I called you a Chinese person? <laughs> what would that be like? Use your magic, use your magic. What am I doing? Sorry. Um, make him like not regret calling me a Chinese person. Oh, I didn't, because this is five seconds ago before I did. Or before I might have. I think we've lost track of time. Make the podcast good. <laughs> no, 
Oh, that's goose stronger than my magic. I'll have to only eat wagyu beef to get that sort of power. Whoa, okay. You get a lot, you're not allowed to eat wagyu beef. I'm allowed to. I just I eat all types of beef. But but like you say, like okay, but how you say that it's not an everyday thing. If you work for the Queen, I'd be eating wagyu beef every it's day. Too expensive for me to eat wagyu beef all for every meal constantly. But well, it's the Queen. You you're you're working to protect. Yeah, the, the senior, the very senior beef eaters. They only eat wagyu beef. Oh, you I, are the premier beef eater. You said you got promotion. Yeah, but there's a there's a premier premier beef eater. Oh, okay. There's about six beef eaters more powerful than me. Actually, I was meaning to ask you, Lenny. How did you get your promotion? You've been serving for a long well, time. Well, I killed all those hippies. <laughs> so you did kill them. Well, I killed the hippies. Okay. The children now are eaten. Okay. So you just basically killed their parents and sent them to Eton. Yeah, they don't remember though. Wow. They hate their parents now. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. That that, that checks out. That makes sense. Um, I think I'll crush the hippie rebellion. Well, that's definitely worth a promotion. I'll drink to that. Um, can, shall we move to our final thoughts on this book? Uh, yeah, all right. I, I'm going to go um, in a an anti clockwise direction from. Uh, Haran, who um, hopefully now has been um, had all the enchantment removed from him, um, so he yeah, has been, yeah, good, good, good. Um, uh, Haran, what did you think of Fahrenheit four five one? Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's good. Uh, I think he just copied um, the the book adaptation of the Coen Brothers film Burn after reading. Well, um, no, because it's burnt even before reading. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's made like the prequel, like, ah, okay. Star Wars Episode One. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Is this notes, essentially? Do you want me to, like... No, no. This is literally... You, have you forgotten how the show works? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay. I mean, I've been in a coma. You have been in a coma, years, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Um, so that's your... Th- so you like the book, then? Pardon? You yeah, like- I, I, well, I mean... I, I would more like it's been in a coma. Oh! <laughs> yeah, better than being in a colon. Oh! oh. oh. Use the magic to erase that. <laughs> Use the magic to erase that. There we go, there we go. So you like the book. spells... <laughs> So you like the, uh, the, the 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 book then? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's as good as a uh, Brave New World oh. or um, there's something called Linda in the Brave New World. Oh, okay. yeah, so that's that's pretty good. I mean, where would it stand then in your sort of like a uh, list of like dystopian future books? Then? Uh, yeah, I, I would put it um, under. Um, uh, I would put it under Pride and Prejudice. Okay, right. The- yeah. Dystopian future world of Pride and Prejudice yeah. clearly more vividly realised than for a Fahrenheit. Well, it flipped months. the script on what what a dystopian future novel could be. Didn't yeah. It? yeah, no one ever saw that coming. No, I, mm. when I reached the end of like Pride and Prejudice, and yeah. I found that it was Earth all along, I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I thought they were alien people who like just couldn't get married for some reason. Like, mm. It's weird culture. Um, so what would you put it above then? I, I would have put it above. Uh, Cormac McCarthy's On the Road. Well, I think you might have confused two <laughs> books there, but fair enough, fair enough. Um, that's good. Thank you very much for your thoughts, okay, Aaron. Yeah. Lenny. As I said, I thought it was a terrible, terrible oh, book. okay. Well, worst books I've ever read. Okay. So definitely not in the canon of great dystopian literature then? No, it's... it's oh, God. Just, it's everything the reverse, isn't it? Everybody's just got all... Oh, what if rather than... Oh, it's awful. You you I hate it so much. You can even follow even, your own thought. I can't even, there. even <laughs> vocalise my feelings about it. You can even vocalise what the opposite of stuff is. <laughs> That's how 
exhausted you are with this. He's book. gone, oh, he's sat down his typewriter and gone, I'm going to write a good book. Oh, no, the opposite. He's written a bad fucking book. That's fair enough. <laughs> would you put, I mean, would you place it above any books, though, in the dystopian canon? I'd place it above Willie Nelson's band book about how he wants to murder the Queen. <laughs> but that alone. That's a dystopian book? Yeah, because he's, 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 his dystopia is a Queen. Okay, all right, yeah. And he wrote, it's a book, it's not a song. Really. It's a book. Okay, fair enough, it's fair enough. 12 million pages long. Okay, all right, that's fair enough. That's There's fair very enough. little pages. I mean, I don't know why you don't just cast a spell on yourself so you like this book. Well, why'd I do that? Because it'd make you happy. <laughs> but I like lots of other books. It's fair enough. I like uh, Norwegian Wood. Mm-hmm. I like Who Thomas Pynchon's Gravity's Rainbow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the pause as you had to think about the title of the book like I like, really like George it. Saunders like all his work okay um great great <laughs> books there okay um so thank you for your thoughts uh Lenny Josh what did you think of Fahrenheit 451 well you know like most things in life I mean I didn't really want to like rush into making a decision mm. so I read Jordan Peterson's 12 12 Books, oh. 12, 12 books for life. <laughs> and one of the books was called Eat Beef. So I ate all the beef. So eat Beef Prey, wasn't it? Eat Beef Prey Lobster. <laughs> and then, so basically, like, I, I figured out just they're really deep texts, you know, like they just keep giving, and uh, lobsters are like the best animal. Mm, mm, they, and they are. So I like thought. Because they're monogamous, aren't they? What would happen? Just what would happen if it were if it wasn't? Yeah, and it would be chaos. Okay, and that's the problem with this book is that it's a bit of chaos. Mm. But then they set it all on fire, and it's fine. Okay, so is this? Do you like this book? I'd need twelve hours to answer. Okay, that okay. I we don't have that unfortunately. What do we? Okay. <laughs> So the Bible, okay, people talk about the Bible and they're like, oh, it's rubbish. Mm. But then I watched all the, the Jordan Peterson <laughs> lectures and I realized that if you just keep talking about anything and dissect everything and just say what, and then manipulate it to say whatever you want it to say, mm-hmm. then you can just sound smart. Mm. Wow, that was the shortest 12 hours ever. I'm uh, not finished. Oh, okay. I'm not finished. I'm going to have to go on a, a tour now uh, across the world and just completely whinge about something arbitrary that, like, I don't know, what do I dislike? Jam! Uh, unclean rooms? About poo. Rooms that are messy with jam. And poo. And poo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that come up often? Well, look. Uh, well, like you see, all these people that they want to like revolutionize the politics and like do the politics, and their rooms are covered in jam, and it's bad, so bad. Right. Has there been a point to any of <laughs> yeah. what you've just said? Well, you don't really have the what I learned from John Peterson. Like you don't really need to have a point. You can just sort of like keep going. That's very and true. Stop anyone else from talking that you ever appear with because <laughs> right. you just want to whinge about. I'm going to cast a magic spell. <laughs> you just pooped us. 
<laughs> oh my god, he's inside <laughs> out. What did you do? I made him inside. I made him watch the film inside out. I should have. I should have. Um, yeah, guess that's what happened. <laughs> Alright, turn him back into Joshua Bellman. And the best thing about the lobster. Alright, turn him back into Joshua Bellman who's never heard of Jordan Peterson. I literally have no idea what to think <laughs> about anything. Okay, alright. So it was a thumbs up, I guess, from Josh? It was a, a strong I don't know. Okay, alright, so you have no idea. This seems like a mixed bag. It's a mixed review to Fahrenheit 451. I'm going to give this a soft recommend. Um, honestly, I think this is a, a book that should not be burnt. Um, if anything, it should be uh, read like a uh, like a proper book should be. Um, and make this part of your bookshelf collection now because, hot damn, it's a good book. Uh, you, your mileage may vary, though, depending on whether you agree with any of my guests on today's show. But as we know, not all books are perfect. Um, in fact, some books could stand to be tightened up and improved a little bit, no matter how good they may appear to be on first read. So this is a section of the show where I ask my guests to give them thoughts about how they would improve this book in a section we call notes. Notes, 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 notes. Did you like that? Did you like the new little like uh, flourish I've inserted into the steam tune? Notes, 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 that was the uh, my phone's gone off accidentally remix of the notes theme. Remix. Yes, indeed. Notes, everybody. What did we think, and how could we have improved this book? I'm gonna start with you, Lenny. How would you have improved this book? Because you have the strongest feelings about. Yeah, it's terrible. I think it'd be a much better book if, rather than. Burning the books. The farmer just wrote new books. They wrote a new book over the book. Oh, okay. Okay. So essentially what we're doing here. Yeah. Instead of burning books, give notes on books. That's the way forward. Yeah. So how would you have... Okay, so that's the biggest... So he's not a fireman. He's an editor now. There's to be a farmer. They just repurpose the fire department. (laughs) Make them all editors. And, and they still have fireman poles. <laughs> they have fireman poles. So they go down from the writer's room where they're writing over the books. They go, oh, here's the new book. Down the fireman's pole. They ransack that old woman's house and they just studiously stand in the front yard editing <laughs> it. Because the problem with burning a book, if you burn all stories, mm. the problem will be is that there'll be a vacuum. Mm. There'll be a vacuum of ideas and people will create their new, new stories to exist in their vacuum. It's better if you control the existing... Uh, stories so that the stories are what you want them to be because then the new stories won't exist in that vacuum. Oh, so okay. if, if you have a story you don't like, a story that tells people to rebel, subtly edit that story so it tells them not to rebel. If you just burn the story that tells them to rebel, they'll create a new story. So you're, so you're discussing almost a more 1984 Orwellian idea. Yeah, I think it would be a better book if it was Fahrenheit 1984. <laughs> okay. What is, what is that, the burn? The burning point uh, for Fahrenheit one nine eight four. It's a burning point for my love <laughs> for the Queen. 
That's how hot you'd have to get me. Okay. To stop me loving the Queen. Okay. Platonically, of course. Okay. So Forever. if we threw you into a Terminator 2 style, like, cauldron. Yeah. Then you would not love the Queen. <laughs> I'd emerge and I'd have ambivalent feelings towards the <laughs> So you the would queen. survive and you would, like, have no feelings towards the Yeah, so I'd probably become one of those rogue beef eaters. Oh. Yeah. Are there any famous rogue, be- rogue beef eaters? Uh, Graham Norton. <laughs> oh, no. He's one of the only gay men. He's the only gay man to ever become a beef eater. He resisted the, the law of Schofield. Yeah. It's because he'd already met Philip Schofield, of course. Imagine that, though. Being, like, the first person to have made that stride for your community. And, and then some hippies and threw then, him in a furnace. And then you became rogue. Then you went rogue. Because hippies threw him in a furnace. Wow. Did you have to come and sort of, like, capture him and sort of, like... No, well, I just... Went to uh, Channel 4 and I got him to give him a TV series. <laughs> that seems to have curbed that's, his rogue. So that's how you deal with rogue agents? You give that's how I deal agents. with that rogue agent. Okay, all right. Stop. I was kind of imagining a Mission Impossible style scenario where you kidnapped him and threw him in the prison, wore masks and stuff, but you just commissioned him. In a, in a way, I've thrown him in a prison of his own creation. Fair enough. You just do that as well, where you like... He thought he was talking to the um, control of Channel 4 and then he ripped off your mask to reveal it was actually you. Yeah. And then the studio. He thought he was talking to Tom Cruise and ripped off a mask to reveal he was actually talking to uh, K-Ho. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a joke I'm up. <laughs> you say, just a prank, bro. Like, take, don't take it so seriously. Thanks for that note, Lenny. That was like, actually a really good note. It gave me a lot to think about. Josh, how would you have improved Fahrenheit 451? It would take me 12 <laughs> hours to answer that question. But you've not heard of Jordan Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> it would still I don't know who that is. <laughs> but it would actually take me 12 hours because there's so much. It's just so good mm-hmm. that I don't, uh, I don't think it would be a simple, simple act to improve it now. Wow, okay. So would you say this book is better than the story of Cain and Abel, which is the best story ever written? Apparently. Okay. Word on the street. Who said that the Cain and Abel story is the best story ever written? A guy, <laughs> mu- a guy that mugged me on the way here. Was that what you said? Give me a wallet so I could buy more Cain and Abel. <laughs> All right. Have you read this story? Give me your money. It's true. He said that. He had a little... He had a little... Um, Glint in his eye. He had a tiny little bazooka the size of like a large courgette and he goes give me my money Kane Abel's best best book ever I want to go buy more and then he licked his lips and then put a twister in his mouth the whole thing and then pulled it off in one what an odd and detail to remember. That, <laughs> sorry. Did you give me money your money? stole all your money. He didn't even want my phone as well, which is the strange thing. I gave him like eight pounds. But like, then he put, he just took out Twister from his pocket. His pocket? Must have melted. What did, can you describe this man? What did this man look like? He was wearing a, a red outfit. A red outfit? All a, red. All red. And, yeah. Apart from his hat, which was black. Mm-hmm. And had like on it is is actually his hat kind of looked like it was made of like gorilla fur. <laughs> okay, All right. a gorilla fur was it kind of like round and bushy? 
and he had buttons. Yeah, kind golden of, buttons. Golden buttons, kind of militaristic in a way. Yeah, and he looked like he didn't really want to be talking. <laughs> he, looked, he looked like if he could have gotten away with not talking and <laughs> communicated that Cain and Abel was the best book ever, he would have done that. Oh, that's like an awful fellow. Yeah. We should have him on the podcast and fit right in. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and, he, and he was saying, I'm, I'm going now because I've gone rogue. I'm going. Oh, it sounds like the last remaining rogue beef eater. The last remaining. No. Get this man a TV series. Get Paul, him. Paul, Paul, Paul Bristol. Paul, 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 Paul Bristol. <laughs> wow, so good they named him three <laughs> times. Uh, Paul, Paul Bristol. <laughs> Paul, Paul, Paul Bristol. <laughs> Wow, that was poor. I can't believe I met him. Why can't you believe you met him? Why is that such a big deal? Well, I was literally just walking down the street, and a man in beef eater garb came up to me, ate a twister whole, asked for eight pounds, and told me that came and ate the best it's, it's, ever. Incidentally, uh, your description of the beef eater sounds quite a lot like a guardsman <laughs> rather than a beef eater. Beef eaters don't have black hats; they have little. <laughs> Little red hats. Well, maybe that's why he's a, maybe <laughs> he's, he's a rogue. Yeah, that's why he's gone rogue because he's a, he's trying to disguise himself as as a as a guardsman. Do you have a rivalry with the guardsmen? Oh, we like him a lot. Oh. We go bowling, guardsmen every week. <laughs> Who Fair normally enough. wins? Uh, it's fifty fifty. We've gone seven hundred times, three hundred fifty times. Guardsmen won. So what's going to happen next time? I think I'm going to win. I've been practicing. I've bowled 12 strikes last time. Wow. That's really good. What is that, a turkey? What? Well, no, this is a scoring system bowling. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Perfect. That's the most match amount of strikes you can bowl. Oh, okay. I thought they called that a turkey. No, that's yes. perfect game, isn't it? Perfect game. Yeah. Oh, that makes much more sense. Yeah, why call it a turkey? A turkey's Let's like call a, it a perfect game. A turkey's <laughs> an animal that you eat at Christmas. Okay, a turkey is a perfect game bird. Oh, is it? Oh, turkeys, game turkeys. birds. <laughs> turkeys aren't game birds. They're not game birds. They're too big to be game birds. Yeah. All right. So, in summary, your notes for how to improve Fahrenheit yeah. four five one. Yes, I got mugged. <laughs> got mugged by a guardsman. Okay. All right. Uh, great. No. Um, Aaron. Um, um, how would you improve yeah, this book? Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, instead of having uh, Guy Montag, I would have had um, Susan Sontag, and in this post-apocalyptic thing she would get a load of she would write like a her essays on like kind of post-it notes and then go around uh, and then put them on like tents so she would put putting notes on on camps that's what she would be doing sorry sorry what, what? <laughs> I don't get your joke <laughs> I mean cleverer people will get it okay? so like, notes on tents <laughs> yeah what's her name Susan Sontag uh, right yeah. Son, Susan Tag. Susan Sontag. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, she's. Uh, I'm not going to explain the joke. <laughs> explain the joke. No, no, the joke is literally Sontag sounds like Montag. No, it's That's not right. the, fucking joke. the joke is, for fuck's sake, guys, the joke is she wrote a famous essay called Notes on Camp. I thought it'd be quite funny oh, image right. if she put post it notes Susan on Sontag the tent. Wrote yeah. an essay. Yes. Who's that? <laughs> She's famous for writing the fucking essay. What's the essay about? What's the, what's the essay about? It's about gays. Yeah, it's about like, gays. Yeah, it's about gays. I've got a fucking clever joke. You're gonna fucking die in this. Instead, he's, not, he's not even clever. Instead of calling it Fahrenheit 451. It's obscure. 
Instead of calling it Fahrenheit 451, I would call it Fahrenheit minus 459.67. Why? What's that about? Because that is absolute zero, and that's when atoms cease to fucking exist, so books wouldn't exist, but then Susan Sontag also wouldn't exist by virtue of being made of fucking atoms. It's fucking hilarious, it's fucking multi-textured, and it's better than Cain and Abel when you fucking tell that bloke. It's not, it's, it's not clever, it's just obscure. <laughs> That's the same thing! My note was to be, oh, I think it would be much better if. <laughs> That's what you like with like, old films! Oh, yeah. like, oh, I think it would be much better if, if, if uh, the, 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 lead, the, the lead of the thing was called Peter Silberman and he wrote a book called Hospice. And you'd be like, oh, I don't know what that means! Oh, you're too stupid! He's just a guy from the antlers, it's not difficult! Yeah, but, we just don't know who that woman no, is. I respect you for making that That's your true. reference. Yeah. I think, Lenny, I speak for all of us when I say, what about you, mate? <laughs> What about you? Yeah, what about you and your <laughs> stupid films? What other films? I've not made any films. You're a dumb Cain and Abel. <laughs> Wait, that was me. Uh, yeah, what about me? What about... Yeah, right. Yeah. Gentleman. Gentleman. Really that's on. a really good point. Yeah. Like, if anyone ever doesn't agree with you with anything, you just... You, I think the way that you responded there was really <laughs> yeah. appropriate. Really mature. <laughs> shout at them, just shout them, and then don't rate everything they do, and... Tell them that their ideas are bad. I mean, that is what we refer to in the business as podcast gold, though, because like we need engagement. Polled. Nothing, nothing engaged. Polled? Podcast gold. Polled. Oh, okay. I, I don't get your joke. <laughs> don't get your joke! <laughs> Just obscure. Just obscure. It's like too clever! It's a reference to poll dark. <laughs> okay, all right. I think we have wrapped, we've reached the end of this conversation. Um, uh, thank you so much for joining me. Like, this is a passionate debate about books. Um, we did it, guys. We did it. Um, and I think that's appropriate, given this is a, a, a book about book burning. I expected all the takes to be as hot and as spicy as everything um, that's happened on this show today. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for making this. Um, Chin, it's not working. It's all right. Don't worry about it. Lenny's <laughs> 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 exploded. <laughs> I'm on fire. Okay. But it's, that's all right, because it's only, what, temperature's only about... 50 degrees. Yes, so. it's just cold fire. <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. Uh, I, I would like to say that, like, thank you so much. This is, You've made my dreams come true. This has been a great podcast. Uh, <laughs> and I hope, I, I, give yourselves a round of applause, gentlemen. Give yourselves a round of applause. Yeah. And um, if you've enjoyed uh, this episode, or if you've been affected by any of the issues, why don't you write to us at fakingitpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, actually, speaking of which, uh, at the risk of making this fucking episode go even longer, we received some mail. Oh, wow. <laughs> don't act shocked. <laughs> we have a uh, letter, uh, an email titled, Corrections. Dear team... I usually ignore the litany of medical errors made by guests on the show, but the ignorance displayed at two of my favourite pastimes has led me to write in. I, of course, refer to the space poo conversation. The act of freezing a poo for later use as a frozen dildo is obviously an Alaskan pipeline. I can understand the conflation of this and space docking to create the act of a space poo. Space docking is, of course, having a poo into a vagina, similar to two spaceships coming together to exchange objects. Yeah, that's... I don't know if that's how it works, but... <laughs> I think if you've clarified that, yeah. you are a sick individual. 
He goes on. Uh, maybe I was wrong in my desire to correct your error. The space poo may be a higher high than I could have dreamed of. Anyone want to try a space poo? Is this poo? Rick Stein again? <laughs> Anyone want to try a space poo with me? Name withheld. Okay. Well, here's... It's going to be hard to enjoy a space poo with you. We Rick don't know Stein. who you are. Okay. <laughs> Rick Stein. Okay. Is it Rick Stein or was it um, Richard Griffiths? OBE? I don't know. Um, but... Who knows? Look, thank you very much. We um, obviously uh, enjoy all your feedback. We, I personally, wasn't my fault. I wasn't even aware of what all these horrible, horrible things were. It was Alice that first brought mm-hmm. up the idea of a space poo. Um, so, Alice, I'm sure you're listening to this because, uh, like, and I'm sure we pass on the feedback to you. You got it wrong. You got it wrong. It wasn't space poo. You doy doy. It was an Alaskan pipeline, which is. I don't even know what that has to do with, like, uh, okay, last is cold. Yeah. Last is cold. It's a frozen poo. <laughs> You're using your frozen poo as a dildo, and there's a term for that. Oh, yeah, my God. That's it. it. End the episode <laughs> now. All right, we can't stop that. Thank you so much for your uh, feedback. Write us, write to us at fakingthepodcast.gmail.com if you have any other corrections you'd like to issue, uh, to give us. Um, like and subscribe to us. Hey, why don't you tell a friend about this podcast? <laughs> Oh my god! Maybe maybe skip this one. <laughs> maybe uh, recommend like um one of the good, good ones. That's some good advice, right? There. Yeah, skip this one that you just, just listened to. Just hope people take it. <laughs> Let's like, skip this one that you've just listened to. Um, anybody have some recommendations for episodes that you could probably uh, use as a starter pack? What? So why are we recommending episodes at the end of an episode? Because obviously, after listening to this one, they might want to think maybe I'll listen to a good one. <laughs> I don't know. We'll think about it. We'll think about it now. We're trying to promote. I'm trying know. to get better promoting you this podcast. Intersperse it later. Okay. All right. Anybody have a, a hey, preference? Um, something to talk about, Kevin? I like that one. Oh, okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, Josh, you got uh, a favorite game? The one where where they read, read the Game of Thrones. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's such a good film. That was a good one. Um, I'd also recommend the uh, American Psycho one. Um, if you want a sequel to the uh, semi-sequel to the We Need to Talk About Kevin one and find out what those two crazy characters, Dom McGonagall and Grease Steelbacks, got up to after they revealed themselves on um, We Need to Talk About Kevin, check out American Psycho. Um, but anyway, look, I've been going on too long. I think I should let you get back to your lives. Uh, everybody, thank you very much for joining me on today's show. Uh, All I have left to say is keep supporting your local bookstores and libraries. Bye-bye. I love you.